You're listening to the Arturnia Archives. Enjoy. We're back. Ha! I'm Max the Marshal. With me is James, playing for the cross. Hey. Sarah, playing Anne McDade. Hello. Ollie, playing Rusty. Something like that. <laughs> All right. Um, the train is moving, finally, on this third, second, second day. This is the end of the second, end of the third day. I apologize. End of the third day, the train's moving. It's like 9.30 at night. The engine's picked up. For those of you who get a moment to look outside and see the holes in the side of the engine, the boiler, are still there. For the most part, they've been patchworked together, and so only a little bit of flame and smoke are coming out of those openings, but it does give an eerie feel to the engine itself as it has two large holes on either side in which light every once in a while comes out of as well as smoke. Uh, so the engine definitely looks like it has had one hell of a ride. No, just me? All right, fair enough. I, I was going for the whole hell of a ride. Anyways. I noticed. I didn't like it. I'll try harder. She's Please don't. It. Please don't. All right. So... Um, yeah, it's to be a peaceful night. There's no other shoe dropping, people ripping open faces and chewing off other people, no tornado taking part of a train. It's quiet. Um, those who are slightly tipsy and wear themselves out definitely are getting a good night's sleep on a comfy bed. Um, those who choose not to sleep, of course, at least have a comfortable ride and a chance to repair some of their garments, if they so choose to, or a variety of other things. Um, but what is Father Cross doing as the night rolls on? Is he planning on getting some good old shut-eye? Because he's a mere mortal, guided by God's hand. Did we lose him? No, I'm here. Well... I just had... <laughs> <laughs> well, apparently I blanked out because I heard you take a pause and then you went, did we lose them? Ah, so you missed the part. Ah, you definitely, you're still freezing a bit then. Um, Father Cross, the train's moving. People are rejoicing. Um, but for the most part, people are going to fuck to bed because <laughs> they're tired. So much excitement. Uh, what does Father Cross want to do as the night rolls on... And we cut scene and immediately head into Dodge City. Yeah, we lost him again. Yeah, he is just having awful luck tonight. We will pl provide the. Go on to one of the others. I'm in a reset. Sounds like a plan. Sounds one. And he froze again. I hope he heard that. All yes. Right. And I'm going to put the farther. I'm going to put his picture. Oh, man. It's going to change all the pictures. We're going to swap over to um, the Roll 20 scene. Oh man, that's terrible. I apologize to the audience for seeing such a, let me just, which one is that? Nope, there it is, go away. There, all right, so you get to see our wonderful map because we're about to lose one of our players that's gonna screw everything up and I don't wanna do that. All right, um, which one, are we looking at this one? There it goes, he popped off. Um, so Anne, you're staying up and what do you, uh, what do you wanna do with your night? Um, I kind of just reflect on this whole trip and, and what I've learned and experienced. Um, I'm, I'm 
a little, like, I, I still have a little adrenaline going from having given my secret. Um, so I probably, like, can't sit still. I, I'm gonna take up uh, the mantra of kind of, or the mantle of, of um, walking the train and just kind of checking on anyone that is awake and um, kind of running a patrol. Um, I'm keeping an eye out, but it's really, uh, you know, out of the windows and stuff like that uh, because of what has happened. But I know no one else is really going to see me as patrolling. Um, so it would probably look to an outsider like restlessness. Okay. Um, you get a chance to check, catch up on Bixby because uh, he's, well, he's probably asleep. But, you know, uh, you get a chance to see Dr. Webb. Nope. He's probably passed out checking up on all his patients. Um, Miss Thompson, she's definitely asleep. So as you begin patrolling the cars and moving about, um, do you just want to do the three passenger cars then? Yeah, that's fine. I can just pace those. Okay. When you get back to the passenger car, um, a lot of the people are asleep. Uh, uh, not Miss Thompson's kids, but the other family's kids, Natty's brothers and sisters. Uh, two of them are up and uh, they are in the middle of the little walkway building um, with building blocks. They've got a box open, they've pulled their toys out and they're building shit in the middle of the walkway. So the kids are all up? No, just two of them. Oh, okay. Uh, is, are these, um, I'm just blanking on her name for a second. Um, our, our mother, Miss Thompson. Um, are these her kids? No. Okay. No. Uh, kids, shouldn't you be off to bed? It's getting pretty late out here. Uh, the boy looks up to you and says, I took a nap today. I'm okay. And then I look at the little girl, I guess. And she just looks up to you and then points to her brother. Like, that's my oh, answer. That's my I kind of shrug and go, uh, just stay quiet, kids, because other folks are trying to sleep, all right? They they don't nod or anything. They just stare at you like, who is this weird adult telling us what to do? I can end you, children. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm just going to keep walking then. Okay. All right. Um, you pace back and forth, moving through train car to train car. You make your way. Do you go up to the engine to check on the engineer? Go all that way? Sure. All that way. Yeah, sure. I got nothing else better to do all night when I'm not sleeping. To the benefit, he is not alone. He has Cody up there with him. So you get a chance to... What? That was uh, an entire head roll with that eye roll. Yes. For those who can't see us, she's definitely... When it's mentioned, well, I mean, it's not going to be Dwight. He's taking the morning shift. Yeah, both of them suck. (laughs) (laughs) All right, yeah, I go up there. Uh, How y'all doing up here? Train running back to normal? Mr. McAllister with a wide smile on his face says, she is holding together in such a way that I am happy. All the extra pieces and parts that was able to get from the farmstead, these boys, it was a miracle. Blessed Blessed miracle at that. You know, the saddest part to come from all this is I never got a chance to to, to toot that horn that next day. He gives a nod. He's like, you're right. You didn't. I did promise you that. 
It's too late now, though, so, and by the time we, uh, morning comes... And we get in station. Oh, you're just good to me. It's Mr. McAllister, right? Yes, ma'am. And you're Miss McDade. Thank you so much, sir. I'll, I'll, I'll be by in the morning now. I haven't been able to get any rest, so if you, you boys need anything, you need some protecting, I'm, I'm just a, a shout away. Cody looks over to you and says, Ma'am, I don't need no protecting except for my feelings for you. Uh, um, I turn bright red <laughs> and I go, um, shoot, Mr. McAllister, you're, uh, you, you know how to make a lady blush. And I start heading toward the exit. No, that was Cody that said that. Oh, that was Cody? Yes. Oh, that's worse. Mr. McAllister wouldn't say that. He, he, yeah, of course, yes, it is worse. Much worse. <laughs> Cody, of course, McAllister's looking at Cody like, I could push you off this train. No one would know. <laughs> but Cody's just like, I don't need no protecting except for my feelings from you, for you. All right. Um, well, have a lovely night, Mr. McAllister. I don't even say anything to Cody. I just <laughs> leave the room. Wow. Right. I know. This is... All right. So you pace back and forth, um, quietly moving from train car to train car, contemplating uh, and just being part of the moment. Probably about three, three-ish, four-ish uh, in the morning. Um, you were asked by uh, Mr. McAllister or Mr. Lockett, who got up and he saw you wandering, to bring drinks, uh, to bring a drink up to Mr. McAllister and some food because of the early morning run as he was going to start getting stuff set up in the kitchen. Um, so, you know, hey, you know, take this food up. I'm, I'm excited uh, um, to, to just be of help. So I, I gladly run it. And when you're heading back to uh, go find uh like Mr. Lockett or just head back in that direction. And this is about 3.30 in the morning, maybe closer to four. Um, you get into the passenger car and all the kids are up. Um, they're all sitting around. They have taken out their wooden blocks and pieces of luggage. And they have started like building like some sort of play set in the back end of the train car with blocks and luggage and whatnot. So, so they're just like, moving people's luggage into like walls of their thing yep but they're not opening the luggage right no, no they're not all right um you kids doing all right you need anything the boy you spoke earlier to he says we don't need you okay punt you <laughs> um how about you honey you need anything you want a glass of water or anything she looks to you and shakes her head no like no it's good um Make a, a cognition check. This shouldn't be too hard. I will set it at a a fair. Because it is late. See if you notice anything. Because kids are up at 3 a.m. in the morning on a train. Oh, man. Nope. Needed a five. You got a four. All right. All right. All right, kids. See ya. <laughs> All the train occupant children, except for Miss Thompson's kids, are here. You also... um. So you, you dismiss them as they are having their early morning fun um, and whatnot. And you begin heading back towards your car just to kind of meander around, uh, maybe swing by the, the bar and get a drink to kind of freshen yourself up. 
And when you swing over by the bar, um, let's let's make another cognition check. I think he might be able to get the jump on you. Let's see. What's his? It's probably too deep. Oh, he got a seven. I got an eight. All right. You meander back over to the bar to grab yourself a quick drink. You haven't noticed this prior, but Nat tries to come out from behind the bar as, as you're walking toward the bar to go behind it to fix yourself a drink. He jumps up from behind the bar with his little fake wooden rifle. Ah, you got me there, partner. He actually has a little bit of a panicked look on his face. He's like, oh, sorry. And then he goes back and he goes back under the, the oh, bar cabinet oh, itself. Like there's a small space to sit. Um, son, uh, uh, what you're protecting all us from? See, he looks up to you. Um, you realize at this point, as you're now looking down at him and at the right angle, he's got tears on his cheek. He's like, I'm not protecting him. I'm trying to hide. What are you hiding from, honey? The other kids. What's? My brothers and sisters, they're not okay. What? What's wrong with them? They keep singing weird words and they won't shut up. What kind of words? He just shrugs. I don't know what they mean. You let me go have a talking to him, all right? You stay here, Natty. He's, he just gets like a terrified look at his face. Be careful. Um, I'll, uh, I'll kind of do the, like, the, the brush up the nose and right. <laughs> You're gonna spit. give him a nod. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll, uh, I'm gonna head back and check on those damn kids. All right. Well, um, as you're heading back into the back passenger car, it seems they have stopped with their construction of their playhouse, and they've built a small fortification out of luggage and blocks and pieces of wood that block the back end of the car. All right, kids, I'm going to need you to take this down now because I got to get to the back of that car. I got to get to the next one. You notice that the, the behind them the door uh, that goes into the next car that leads out of the car that goes into the next car, which is the kitchen car. They have erected a uh, piece of fabric, like a, a sheet of some type. It's got little flowers. It's like yellow and blue, and there's little flowers on it and everything. So they've like tacked up uh, a curtain that covers the entire doorway. So you can't even see the door. Um, the little boy that you spoke with earlier just... He, will, he seems to be the one standing up, and he, like, stands up on a box behind the barricade like a soldier protecting a, a, a wall, and he says to you, Sanquis in momentum, mors venti ad virum. They, the rest of them kind of laugh, and they all say together, ego antiquium dios sensistoris. These kids might get throat punch here real soon. <laughs> the children, calm down, they're children. <laughs> That's not a blanket for it. I mean, sure, it's a blanket. Yeah, I'm going to start, I'm going to start kind of moving stuff out of the way so that I can get through to the door sure, and cut, sure, sure. I'm watching them. All right. So you grab the case right in front where they're at and whatnot to pull it. The boy reaches out, grabs a hold of it to fight back against you to keep you from pulling it. So does the little girl who's nearby. Uh, the older brother picks up a broom handle and jabs you into the shoulder. Since your focus is mostly on moving the tower out of the, the, the wall section, out of the way, it's really easy for him to take the broom handle, put it into your shoulder, and push you back. Get away, we're playing, he says, in perfect English. So, 
I have um, the evil eye, which I think is a very momish thing to use. <laughs> and I'm also going to put a touch of my the voice into it. Uh, not the voice of the dam, just the voice, which gives me a plus two to persuasion. Um, and I'm going to give him the look and I'm going to say, clean up and get to bed. All right. Um, we're going to put this as a hard, so you need a nine or better. Ooh. 22, get your asses to bed. <laughs> they fight with it almost as if some sort of a physical restraint is trying to keep them from getting past you and, and getting away. As you can see, they they are struggling with some physically or mentally. Uh, it turns more into them like trying to like walk past and get gotta get to you know, and like the eldest boy has got the hardest time with it, while the younger kids easily quickly you know they they disperse quickly trying to run toward where their parents are at. Uh, one of the younger children, uh, he's like the middle aged boy. He doesn't really budge as much as the rest of them, like fighting wise. He's walking past you and says, 40 days and 40 nights, your God made rain to make things right. It's like a little ditty, a rhyme almost. And then the other ones start picking up on it as they're trying to flee. He tried to kill all of man and all things that walk the land. He could not kill my master here, but he tried again. And they all stop and quietly say, out of he sent an angel and he stopped at this point in front of you. And he's looking up at you. This is the last boy. You, you can see that his hands are like grabbed a hold of the, the pew next to him and he's trying to pull himself, but it's like his body is like lurching back so it can stay where he's at looking up at you. Who cast out the darkness with his love. But in the morning when the sun rose, the shadow cast a menacing pose. And then the child kind of like shakes for a moment and you can see he's really scared. His eyes tear up and he runs past you quickly. All right, I'm tearing this car apart to see if that goddamn stone is back on board. <laughs> this car, okay, got it. So where's the first place you're gonna look? The, the fort. All right, you begin breaking the fort apart. All right, Father Cross, you're woken up by the sound of a, a calamity at this point in time. There was. You were, oh man, you were so asleep. You were so asleep. And then there was some noise and then there's some talking and maybe some shouting. You're starting to come Where'd to. all these suitcases come from? And now you hear boom, clatter, clatter, boom, boom. I'm sure you're not quiet about this at this point in time. All no, because right, right. if that stone, like I'm gonna go ape shit if that stone is on this train. Considering what has happened before. All right, I'm, I get up and I start moving towards the back and uh, uh, I draw my second peacemaker with my left hand. Okay, so you're like blinky eyed, like, oh, what's going on? Got to get my gun out. <laughs> Children to shoot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll explain to their mothers what happened. <laughs> okay, um, but no, with that amount of noise and the fact that no one is shouting for help that means usually um you know we got someone trying to board the train without a ticket all right so you get up you get out of your little sheet area and you look down the center road to see Anne mcdade throwing luggage around 
that's the best description I got. Uh, other adults, um, kind of waking up to the sound of it, like, what's going on? But you're the first to get up and move. Okay. And considering my past, my little bit of, you know, mouth gets away from me before my brain can fully wake up. Lose a corset, Miss McDade. Uh, I look at, uh, um, look back over my folder, shoulder, folder, <laughs> at the father <laughs> and say, uh, uh, remember that big box? I think it's, uh, talking to people again and starting to control them, too. There were kids that, uh, did a little, uh, devil him uh, at me before I chased him off, so I think they're trying to protect, uh, that stone here. Um, so I'm trying to find it, see if it's in here. I holster my revolver. What do they say? I'm moving forward about this point to start... Um, they said something about your god sent the flood um, to try to get rid of evil and and couldn't stop my master. Um, I'm probably totally butchering this, but... <laughs> um, <laughs> And uh, there was something controlling their movements. Like they were, the kids were trying to run, but there was something holding them back, making them get sassy with me about God and the devil. All right, I start helping her um, tear it apart. Okay. Uh, to look for this thing. Uh, right. Well, cognition checks. Cognition. Make what? Cognition, cognition. checks. We'll put it at a, uh, a fair. I'm not very good at cognition checks. And you've, you and Father Cross have moved these boxes. You begin looking underneath chairs and stuff like that. Father Cross, you know the crate she's talking about. Nothing around here is that big. That's what you're really looking for. But what's caught your attention is the fact that after tearing everything down, there's still that curtain between the two cars blocking off the back door. Pull it open. All right, you grab a hold, rip the curtain down. There's no door. There's an open way between this car and the neck. But they don't seem to be the what you would expect between the two trains, the little railings and little walkway. Instead, it seems to be like a cave between the two train cars connecting them. And the next car over, you can see that the walls of this cave or whatever seems to be soft, pink, and reds. The floor melts away in some places, reappears in others, and you can see the con- the Mr. Lockett standing at the stove not too far away, and uh, he's cooking. And the train car looks a bit different. The light that comes out of it is red. Really, really red. Nothing in that light in the room would even make sense. No torch, no fireplaces ever in your craziest imagination without some sort of theatrical effects created that kind of light that seems to be coming from every nook and cranny in the train. All right. Uh, you're still hearing her looking for stuff behind me? Yes. All right. This will probably grab her attention too, but I say it in that tone that's the same as a fire and brimstone minister. Mm -hmm. I go, 
Mr. Lockett? Mr. Lockett turns to look at you. His eyes abnormally project a red, eerie light. Morning, Father Cross. How do you like your pain? I think we need to talk. And I'm drawing my pistol once more. He smiles at you with pearly white teeth, just like Mr. Lockett. The only difference is his eyes ebb out light. Now, Anne, as you've grabbed this crate case and you've slid it to one side and you're looking underneath this train car and he tears that curtain down, your guts begin rolling around. And it takes a moment before you can kind of like pay attention to anything other than your guts just twisting and turning. And when you do, you hear and see what exists between this train car and the one leading to the kitchen. Tomahawk's out. <laughs> Mr. Lockett turns to you and says, do you like sir? As he slides over another pancake onto a stack. Seems like a rather, Seems like a rather innocent thing, except it's just off. Uh, Father? About this time, I'm initiating uh, the protection miracle. Unfortunately, it can only be done on myself. Sorry, sorry. We're gonna we're gonna slide back over to the other scene and see if the cameras didn't mess up. Yay! You can see us the the father doing this. Oh. Do you need to do dice rolls, or do we just, I mean... Uh, I'm having to look it up, unfortunately. Okay. And uh, you pulled out this... your tomahawks. The father is doing his... Mother, father, the son, the holy ghost, holy shit. Oh, uh, actually, protection is actually pretty simple. Cool. All I have to do is make a faith check, and for the next round... Um... I think he has to make a spirit check against my faith to be able to attack me. Okay. If uh, Anne is not protected by it, but I can protect her indirectly by staying between him and her. Of course, because he's. But with those tomahawks out, I don't think I. I don't know. He's got a spatula. (laughs) Sweetie, don't worry about protecting me. Okay, so he's got to make a uh, 16-spirit check just to attack me directly. Yeah, he's not even going to worry about rolling. Or or do anything that would cause me any sort of harm. Physical, emotional, mental? Anything that So he can't emotionally harm you? He cannot be hostile towards me in any way. No, 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 harm. He can, he can't emotionally harm you. Be like, say something rude. Hey, Father Cross. Hey, Father Cross, looking fat today. (laughs) He can't do that. He's got to make a dice roll just to insult you. Okay, that's a cool power. I guess I'll roll so I can use my insults I wrote down. What I got to roll? Spirit. All right, so it's based off the things half spirit. So we will roll roll at that. Nah. Instead, after you do it, you're just what are you gonna just stand there then? Um I'm he's pouring st- another pancake. Alright, uh I'm cocking the hammer on uh on it because right now um it does anything odd Is there anything odd about the pancakes? It, Cause pretty much 
the walls, the ceiling, his eyes, that, that was the only unusual thing you described, right? That's right. The walls between, there's a, a tunnel between the car you're in and the car, the kitchen car, and the inside lining of that tunnel is red and pinkish in nature and seems to be soft like cushiony material. You haven't touched it yet. It also seems to glisten slightly in that horrible red light. And the next car over there is red light. The, the fireplace, the, there's no light coming in from outside, like sunlight or anything. It just seems like between the cracks, red light is coming in. So the whole room is illuminated. The car itself seems rather normal in that effect. From what you can see, there's nothing abnormal to it. His eyes are glowing, and that's pretty much all you got, because he's right there in the doorway where the stove is cooking pancakes. Mr. Evil Locket cooking pancakes of evilness. All right, so if I can, because I, I asked Father, and then he stood there blessing himself and, and, and thinking real hard. So instead, I'm going to, in the sweetest voice that's got the uh, plus two to persuasion, I'm going to go... Folks, y'all just uh, stay right there in your compartments. Uh, we're just going to be checking something out. We'll be right back with you. And then I'm going to step forward and I am going to stab that goddamn tunnel of fleshy yuckiness. I didn't say fleshy. I described it as red and pink and soft like <laughs> Uh-huh. I'm going to stab that tunnel of fleshy yuckiness. The way she described what she was trying to persuade oh. the normal folk, I just imagine that technical colored screen coming up. Beep. <laughs> All right. Um, make a foolproof. So we got to get a three or better just to hit. Just to hit it. Uh, for the tunnel? Yes. No other modifiers. It's not going to dodge out of the way. Excellent. Your tomahawk definitely hits it. I'm assuming you've got the ability to do quite a decent amount of damage to it. I mean, I hope so because I got my, my 2d6 for the tomahawks, right? And then I got the... Um, my strength check. Yes. Which is now 5d12 instead of 4d12. Plus two because I'm a berserker. Let's go ahead and do some damage. 5d12 plus two. What's your highest? One second here. Trying to find that formula again. Got it. I will not send this in Twitch. I will not send this in Twitch. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Now the 2d6 from the actual tomahawk. Excellent. You chop into this fleshy wall, piercing it, dragging the tomahawk down and cutting a sizable opening into it. When you do, there's a lot of red light that seems to be on the other side, smoke, as you're, as you can see through, there's like red light, uh, it seems to be flashing red light almost, and a lot of smoke seems to come through that hole. That wasn't expected. <laughs> um, Is there any reaction, uh, any reaction from him when she does that? Nope. He turns and he turns offers her a plate of flapjacks. I'm going to um, do something kind of gross. I think that hole I just made, I want to, like, stick my hand in it and pull it a little bit so that I can see, like, what this looks like from outside. Right. You got to make a guts check to do this because it is soft and fleshy. 
And so, yeah, while I'm doing it, I'm going gross, 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 gross. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, we're going to make it a fair five. So that's your guts check. Is a f- Excellent. You are able to grapple a hold of it and pull, rending uh, whatever this soft, fleshy-like tissue is and opening it up even farther. You can see bits and pieces of the train beyond the edge of this wall, this material, and you can see that from where you're at now, you've got blood on you. By the way, it's bleeding, and it's bleeding on you. Um, I just um, stitched up this damn dress. Excuse me, father. I don't know what to tell you. I don't. <laughs> I think this is a self-inflicted wound at this point in time. Um, um, you can see that there is uh, some thing or way at which this tendril-like material, fleshy-like material is attached to the back end of the passenger car that Father Cross is currently in, which, by the way, you're not. You're not in any car. You're between the two cars, just to make sure that you understand this. When you're looking outside of the car at this, you notice the car, the passenger car, the backside of it uh, seems damaged, burnt, and definitely doesn't seem to click in your mind's eye to be what you would be expecting. When you see the kitchen car, the one that the uh, Mr. Lockett is in, it is definitely different on the outside, and the outside is even different. What seems to be the normal wilderness of Arkansas you should be driving through, there are stones, burning trees, forests, the sounds of screams can be heard. Oh, we're in hell. Uh, I'm going to poke my head back inside and be like, so, uh, Father, uh, any any special uh, requests that we can make to, to God? Because, um, excuse me, I, kn- I know I'm a lady, but we're right fucked. All right. All right. After the realization of what you just gazed upon, and you, I'm giving you that moment of reprise to discuss with the father, I need another guts check because of the realization of what you just interpreted. We're going to put that at a hard nine. <laughs> Look at that. At this point in time, you're like a Floridian waiting for the next hurricane. You're okay with it. <laughs> I mean, at this point, like, 16 things have happened out in the past three days on this damn train. Like, honestly, heading to hell is like, so what else you got? <laughs> so this was actually on the tourist spots. Mm. All right. Arkansas um, is hell. I just hope you all know this. So at this point in time, are you, since you have not accepted the plate of flapjacks from Mr. Lockett, He's going to casually step past you and head into the next car. Oh, no, he's not. Oh, yes, he is. Uh, this stack it. of flapjacks comes out. They're, I wouldn't even say they're steaming hot. They're smoking hot. They are like effervescing um, a contrail of brimstone-like smell. I'm stepping in front of him. He says, would you like to try the most sweetest pink? No. no. That's your creepy as hell. Miss McDade? Yes, Father. I think it's best we need to get everyone that can do something that can possibly help to deal with this. Well, you want me to get Ollie? Ollie and Lorraine come to mind, but also get the sister and her boys. Pinkertons, Pinkertons too. too. 
One of the um, passengers in the train goes, I'd like some pancakes. I know it's kind of No, early, you but... won't. Hi, Rem PCs. It's me, Rem Alternus, and I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you to our Patreon backers. Seriously, your support makes all of what we do possible, and we are all extremely grateful for each and every one of you. If you aren't yet a Patreon backer, you can head over to www.patreon.com slash to check out the different tiers and rewards we have available. All Patreons get access to our podcast releases a week early, get their names in the credits of our live streamed shows, have first dibs on any casting calls for new games and shows we produce, and more. Once again, you can join our Heroes Hall at www.patreon.com slash and thank you all again for listening. Now back to the show. Yes, Father. I said stay right there inside your compartment. We'll be right with you. As I look at the Father, give him like this dark nod, and then I show him my full speed. All right. So you're running to, who's the first person you want to go knock? Ollie. Ollie. Do you know where Ollie's at? I know where Ollie's at. <laughs> All right. Put your pants on. We need you. <laughs> Get those britches on. Ollie, what do you think you're doing that girl? <laughs> Nothing she didn't ask for. <laughs> Very politely, out loud. Um, so, like, what happens on our end here? Like, it's just, like, a hurricane knocks on the door and tells us to get dressed, or like what? First, there's a bunch up? of. First, afterward, there's cuddling. There's lots of cuddling, and the windows open, and it's nice and cool out. So that's what's really going on, and like some really great sleep that gets interrupted by the sounds of thunder. And I didn't, like at first it's like, whoa, was that lightning? I was like, oh, was but then the door vibrates again. And whoever is rattling it is about to take it off its hinges and its magical remade lock thing. Uh, I look to Miss Lorraine and like point towards the door for her because she might not want me hollering from inside her room. So like, just she grabs the bed, jumps off the bed, runs over to the door and opens it. Lorraine, need you and Ollie. We got more shit coming down this train. Excuse me, Ollie. By the way, you guys were only sleeping under a sheet. No, no fats. Taken. Uh, <laughs> oh! <laughs> um, please get dressed as quickly as possible and make your way to the kitchen car. Thank you. And I'm going to move on. <laughs> what is this, like some sort of Disney ride? <laughs> um, so what exactly was the instruction? It was... Like we need, only. <laughs> like what was the exact thing that you said we needed? Um, uh, shit hitting the fan again, basically, and we need you at the ki- kitchen car. Okay, so we did get instructions for kitchen car. And I'm uh, gone. Heading yeah, to the, yeah. to Ollie's folks. 
Ollie is gonna put on his britches and his gun belt, uh, and then just grab Father Cross's rifle uh, and take off. Lorraine will that's, slide into a dress and grab her cards. Uh, he figures that's dressed enough in an emergency. Ditto. She's already wearing her little amulet. She put that back on after things were over with. And then she'll grab her card, slide into a dress, and head out the door. The two of you begin making way. The whole train is awake. Everybody's up and moving. But first, we need to deal with Father Cross. Father Cross, the... the Mr. Lockett offers you some pancakes. He will take a, a fork out and cut out a nice squared sec, you know, triangle-shaped section and stab it with the fork and be like, please give it a shot. I just shake my head. Uh, I'm keeping my mouth closed uh, and I'm continuing to stare at him. Um, as it goes down, I'm re-invoking protection. Well, technically, he's offering you pancakes. It's not... Right. You're not hostile. No physical, mental, or emotional damage is going to come from pancakes. Well, I I found Miracle. It's direct... uh, It's direct uh, stuff. So, if he were to uh, push over a book... Yeah. You know, anything that causes direct harm to me. Um, So, but... Like, we file your taxes... Right. Uh, <laughs> but if he tries to get around me, I'm uh, stepping to keep in front of him between him and the rest of the train. Okay. Um, I'm also uh, in every time I invoke it, uh, I'm also invoking armor of righteousness just in case he happens to bypass my protection. All right. Uh, with his spirit. And you made a really great cognition roll. What are you doing about the strange, weird aura of red light that's slowly creeping around the outside of the train? For the moment, I can... It's not moving with him. It's moving past him. Blackening out the windows, shutting them if it needs to, covering them, and between the boards on the train itself begins to ebb in crimson light. The children behind you all begin to sing in chorus. That creepy, strange language. Sanguis in montem morvenes advera. I have Latin. They're singing, the blood runs up the hill. Death comes for all man. The old gods have awoken and you will all die. Is this coming from um, the hole she put into the, uh, into the bits between the cars? What? No, the uh, song, the singing is coming from the children behind no, you. No, the aura. Oh, look at that! Yeah! Bam! By the way, I added some bits thing. It's really cool. We got to you. That was me. That was you. Was it was you. <laughs> Thank okay. you. Um, right after I invoke armor of righteousness, mm-hmm. I'm gonna uh, do something that is actually going to drop my protection. Oh no! Then um, you have to eat pancakes. No, uh, no, I. No, actually, he's saying that as you're thinking about what to do. He's like, "Oh no! Now you're gonna have to eat." Pan- I shove him hard. Oh no! All right, uh, his strength versus yours. He's just a tiny little man. So mean to him. So mean to Mr. Lockett. He just wants to check your tickets and give you pancakes, and you're pushing him around. Yeah. Ooh, more cheers. Does this mean I get chips? 
Do you want a chip? Yeah. You just defeated the bot? <laughs> Fuck yeah, you get three chips. You can put those three chips wherever you want. Everyone do bits. It's great. <laughs> All right, 2d6, exclamation K1. Bam, there's his strength test, a whole whopping eight. Actually, we're gonna put that at a six. We're gonna give him. A, we're gonna make it up a seven because he's holding a plate of pancakes. He's really not focusing on standing up straight. He's gonna be since, done by a priest. Well, since I'm shoving him, can right. I actually make a brawling attack uh, rather than a strength check? Sure. Excellent. Six. That's gonna hit him. Go ahead and do your strength damage. You punch him. You punch Mr. Lockett. Oh, we got to also roll a d20 to determine where you hit him. Remember to add two because you're actually punching. Yep. Boom, timing. A picture of Father Cross shows up. Mr. Pancake Hater. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hold on, I'm on the wrong tab. You said add two to it. Yep. Uh, let me see if I added the two in there. Uh, no, you're adding two for location because you're punching. You need to roll a d20. Add two. There we go. 18. Bucket, that's high enough. You hit him in the head. Roll an extra right. d6. Or whatever the hell you roll. 2d6. Yes. Just hit that beautiful bean button again. Six. Excellent. Six and eight is a 14. 14. That's two wounds to Mr. Lockett's head. I think he will definitely have problems counting tickets later. <laughs> Boom, you punch him. He staggers back. Play the pancakes. Careen to the ground, sticky side down, spat, spat, spat. Plate clatters. He stops for a moment. Man of God, striking first. <laughs> yeah, as he's looking, I'm pulling out my. Uh, uh, I keep having to look up the name. It says force amplic, force amplification mace. Uh -huh. All right. Uh, since you've engaged in this guy, the um, there are a total of 15 windows in the car, and at the start of this, it had come, come encompassed none. It has moved to one window, and because now you're in a brawl with him, we're moving on to the second one. And you have reached the Blake brothers, Blake and his brothers, and got their attention. Um, Ollie and the rest of us need your help. Uh, meet us at the, the kitchen car. Um, and I'll uh, I'll poke my uh, head in just to say that, and then I don't really care to engage any further with these guys, so I kind of duck my head back out and take off running. So if they like peek out after me, I'm just gone. <laughs> okay. All right, and um, make a quickness roll. This is to determine how quickly you're doing these things. If you hit an onrest seven, you're doing literally one window around, which is the rate at which things are moving, by the way. And if you get a raise off of that, you're doing two windows around and stuff like that. And this is going, this to, is going to overshadow this no, entire... 11. 11. We'll go to give it to you. You got a raise. So you're doing... This is... You hit Ollie and the Blake brothers the first round, the first window. So we're moving on to the, the creep is going around the second window at this point in time. Who's your next group of people to go bug? Uh, well, I told everyone that Father Cross told me to tell, right? Except the Pinkertons. Except the Pinkertons. There's also Malone, Malone uh, Vanderberg. Bixby knows. Bixby knows. Yeah, he's in the car. <laughs> With all oh. the crap that he's seen, you really don't want to tell him. <laughs> But he's also he's in the car. Awesome. Uh, 
Um, I'll get the Pinkertons, but I'm not getting the banker because fuck him. Okay, got it. <laughs> All right, so um, I'll go to the uh, doctors and I'll do the same thing that I did for um, uh, Ollie's folks. Um, stick my head in, get back out, and go. All right. I'm not inviting conversation. Sounds like a great thing. So that will I will allow you to do that and get back during the second window, which at point we have Father Cross who has uh, punched him, knocked him back, knocked the pancakes on the ground pancake-hating priest, and now he's kind of reeled back and be like, oh, the priest is struck first, and you were going to do some sort of energy-focused laser beam thing? Uh, no, I was going to evoke one more miracle uh, sure. while he was on the ground. He never went uh, to the ground. Okay, uh, well, while he's recovering from that for the moment, uh, I'm invoking Consecrate Armament. Okay. On my your... pretty little maze. Your mace. Oh, you're pulling out your holy uh, stick. Uh, uh, yeah. This is what he uses to discipline children <laughs> at church. <laughs> Nuns get rulers, priests get mace. Yep. All right. During the second window, you come dashing back. At this point in time, a gentleman is stepping out from the kitchen car. Uh, he is a bit of a taller gentleman in a button-up shirt. He's got a cowboy hat in his hand, and he's kind of looking at you guys. And at first glance, and you don't recognize him. Uh, Father Cross, you're focused in on the pancake man, Mr. Lockett. This tall cowboy steps into the, the entranceway. He kind of looks at the, the lot of you, and and you realize it's Mr. Thompson. Oh, hell no. And he's like, Danielle? And he's looking around, confused. His eyes, as well, glow bright red. Anybody see my wife? Oh, that's not good. That's not good. <laughs> All right. Um, as I get back, can I grab that sheet um, and hold it up, but move kind of backwards through the car and be like, all right, everyone, you are moving one car back for uh, the remainder of this, uh, this journey. So I need everyone to get there, but I'm like blocking their view. Um, and ushering them out of the car, like back away from the kitchen car. I'm gonna allow you to get the sheet and hold it up and start giving the commands, but we haven't started migrating people just yet. Okay. Um, um, but at the finishing of this point, Arnold steps up to the conductor and looks past. Hey, anybody seen my wife, Danielle? Danielle? And he yells out. He yells out. Uh, when he uh, speaks, um, Ollie, you've got your pants on, you're hustling, and you hear a voice that comes through the car, like uh, when Miss uh, McDade sings, and it's, you hear, Danielle, where you at, honey? You hear it, you can definitely tell that everybody else around you heard it, and it doesn't seem to be traveling like a normal voice. All right, so Ollie, your turn. Uh, yeah. Ollie kind of has no idea what the hell to do right now. Um, he's gonna keep that rifle like at the ready, mm -hmm. but like nobody seems to be threatening him or anyone else right this second. Pancakes um, have perished. Let's not forget about those. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Ollie kind of doesn't have anybody's lead to follow right now all he knows is something is up and he's not real sure 
what to do. Uh, okay. So, yeah, I think he's just going to kind of stay ready, but the equivalent of holding his action, I guess. Do you uh, looking for someone smart. Do you want to move to a different car? Because right now I'm considering you in... Um, I'm You're in the first class car. You've moved to the business car. I'm assuming that's what you did. You threw your pants on and you ran. And so you've yeah. been getting dressed as you moved. So I'm assuming that you're in the oh, business yeah. car. And he'll just he'll head towards where she said the trouble was. Passenger car. Uh, so you're continuing yeah. on the course to the passenger car. Okay. Yeah. And right. he's, like I said, unless he's seeing something that needs a shooting, okay. uh, he's just going to head there and look for somebody's lead. You don't see something that needs a shooting, but as you're heading in that direction, you see Natty. He is hiding behind the side of the bar with his wooden rifle, and he sees you, and you can see that he is hunkered down um, in a position similar to somebody taking a prone position for a good shot. And he, you know, you can definitely tell he looks pretty terrified. Okay. Um, I will scramble to Natty. He will, as you get close, he's like, the kids. They're the kids. They gone all weird. They gone all weird, Ollie. Uh, and he'll be kind of down on one knee, you know, shamelessly just kind of scramble down to where he is and like looking around like, well, what do you mean? And where are they at? And he points because now they're being ushered out of the car. They're coming this way. They were talking in a weird language. They beat me up. They threw me out of the car. They wouldn't let me play their games. They woke up early. They were building things. I'm scared, Ollie. I'm scared. And the level of scared is pretty evident when you realize he's pissed himself. Like he's terrified. Cause I mean, it's just, you're, you're, you're paying attention to everything that's going on and you realize that and he's just trembling. All right, buddy, you, uh, you stay here. You keep an eye out, okay? Uh, just stay put, keep an eye out for them kids. I'm gonna go see what's going right on. Someone's yelling, Keep them moving, get them into the other car, get everybody moving. And the kids seem to be leading the herd. And they're they're walking in that creepy mid-80s horror film style where they're all walking single file into this car together. Walking like they're walking on a balance being moving into a new place. <laughs> um Ollie will kind of take he'll stand and do that kind of little protective half step in front of Natty the kid. And he's going to hope that by now, Miss Lorraine has come up behind him to also, like, be with Natty. Uh, and he's just going to yell, like, Father Cross! Padre! Because he doesn't know what to do about creepy children, but he's pretty sure that gunning them all down in front of everybody would be bad. <laughs> so he's he wants to do good with his strange new powers, uh, but he doesn't know what the good is here because fair, these kids fair. aren't missing their skeletons and begging for help. So he's like, I don't know if this counts. Like, I felt really good about the last one. That felt really clear to me, but like, I don't know about creepy kids. So he's just gonna like holler and, and see if somebody, he considers Father Cross and or the Pinkertons to be kind of authorities on this sort of thing. Okay. So he's gonna holler for somebody's, or the sister. You know, just hollering for, you know, somebody's lead to fall. All right, well, I, well I, I feel like Ollie would be like, I need an adult! I need another adult! <laughs> Basically, it's a sacred baseball bat. All right. Um, 
yeah, I, I can definitely, I have an idea who's in the car at this point in time. And so um, we will say that Sister Teresa is there as Blake and your brothers have moved, they've moved into the same position because they're in, uh, they're in the, the back car. They're, they're coming forward at this point in time. No, they were, they were in this car. So they're, they're there with you as you get Sister Teresa's to come over the kids have all walked into the, this car and they're moving toward the front with their parents because um, it's all one family of children. And the, the the father's dragging bags, the wife's dragging bags. Like, you know, they, they grab bags to head out. They're like, oh, we have to move. We're just going to take our shit with us because that's what you do. But the kids, on the other hand, all got filed, single filed up. The Even the eldest kid, he has no bag. They're all walking together. Like the eldest kid's probably like 14. And he totally told dad, no, fuck you. I'm not carrying shit. Uh, it's not my responsibility. So they move into one of the little areas, uh, benched off areas and, and whatnot, and kind of like hang out as people were being shooed. Sister Teresa comes over to you and she's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? <laughs> I don't know how to answer that question. Uh, he'll kind of sidestep so Sister Car- Teresa can see Natty. And then he'll, he'll actually give Natty a little bit of a push towards the sister. Uh, because Sister Teresa's good with scared kids. Right. Um, and he'll lean in close to the sister, um, and actually he'll wave um, Lorraine close too to make sure she can hear. Sister, there's something spooky going on, something not quite right, something like the critter that hit yesterday. Natty here says something's wrong with them kids, and then kids do look like something's wrong with them. And I don't know what in the he- I don't know what to do. She'll give a nod. I'll watch after them. You go take care of business. You take you you and Blake and the boys go take care of business. And she will. She reach down and she'll just pick them up. Fuck it. All right. Um, Blake, Cody, and Dwight will follow your lead. Like beforehand, any actions that you direct toward them, they're going to follow suit. So if you start shooting at something, they too will also shoot and follow along suit, providing extra damage as long as you get the necessary raises and stuff like that. If you want to start killing pancakes. Just saying. All right. With that said, um, Father Cross. The conductor has righted himself back up. He is taking a step forward at this point in time, and he's like, someone's breakfast. And he's just going to drop the plate at this point in time and attempt to step past you. But he's not by himself. Arnold is also trying to step past, and you're muted. Or having connection well, issues. No, oh, there we go. Uh, I was muted. Uh... Unfortunately, I had to because I was hostile towards him. Uh, it got dropped, um, and that role was for the uh, uh, the consecrate armaments. Mm-hmm. And there's the chip I have to, uh, that I am spending for it. Okay. Uh, now. Personally, because Ooh, nice. Yeah, because I do not know if they are immune to any mundane weapons or whatever we are fighting may be immune to uh, those weapons like that thing. I happen to know Arnold is supposed to be dead. Oh, yeah. Um, he will take normal damage from this weapon now. Okay, I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. So we'll see how this works out. All right, so... I'm spinning it uh, around so it's uh, sideways. I've got both hands on it, and uh, I put it up in front of them, like, and I shake my head. I say, no. All right. You call out no to both of them, like, 
I got a stick and I will use it, right? Yes. All right. The conductor looks to you and says, I need to check tickets. And Arnold says, Danielle, my wife. And and as you've been like, move people, move, get to the other train. You hear Danielle call out, Arnold? Arnold, and at this point, Ollie, you're kind of heading that direction with Blake. Miss Thompson pushes past you guys as quickly as possible, jumps between the two cars. She's now in the passenger car because she's hearing her husband's voice, her dead husband's voice. She's left her children behind because she can hear her dead husband's calling out. As soon as she enters the car... I'm sorry, just real quick. Is she going in... The wrong direction. Is she going towards where the trouble should be, or is she going away towards. from where the trouble? Okay, um, I'll just kind of move with her and keep my my brothers with me, sure. so at least we can keep an eye on her. And you yeah. get to make a. We're going to do a sneak roll to basically hold the sheet up, so if she doesn't make eye contact, we're going to make the difficulty uh, an honor seven. There's, there's also um, compartments in this car, right? Um, in the back passenger car, yes, yes. So what I would like to do is while I'm trying to keep her from seeing through, I'm like kind of crushing the crowd the opposite direction anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, So I kind of want to finagle so that I kind of like have her on the other side of the sheet, but like hip check her into one of those compartments (laughs) and close that damn door on her. Now there are Uh, doors, there are sheets that separate those compartments. The only oh, ones with doors are in the front past the first class. You can totally hip check her into a, one of those compartments, though. Yeah, but if I hip check her, she's just going to keep trying to get out. That's very true. You, you also you have Lolly, Blake, Cody, and Dwight coming up behind you as well. Bigsby is nearby, so you're not by yourself. And if you right, hip check her to... too hard, she's going through a wall. I'm, I'm going to hip check her, but um, I'm going to look to Bixby and be like, keep her in there. Okay, so you maybe hip check her into his little cubicle that he's currently in? Yeah. Okay. Um, Instead of a sneak roll, just make a brawl and beat a fair five. And if you don't have brawl, you can use your tomahawk skill, but you suffer a minus two penalty. What's that under? Deafness. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't have brawling, so I'll use my uh, throwing. Um... Your tomahawk. And then I'm at a tomahawk. Oh, fighting is under uh, nimbleness. Yep. That's right. Uh, All right, so I'll take away my plus two. All right. You hip check her into the bin, uh, the little area with Bigsby. He grabs a hold of her and tells her to be quiet. Um, Ollie, you've moved in. You've seen this going on. You're helping people get out of the way. This is now the second window is over. We're moving on to the third window out of 15 people. So there's a lot of windows as this red light is blocking out, shutting windows along the side of the car. The light is coming through the walls, the ceiling and the floorboards between the boards themselves. Um, And it flickers a lot. So the, the back end of the train car is becoming red. The beginning of the third round or the third window, Arnold grabs the sheet and rips it. Not because he's able to tear it out of your hands, but because the fabric is weak, he's going to be able to rip it. And he's right in front of you, and he goes, where's my wife? That's where we're going to start with. Father Cross is about two to three feet behind Arnold because Arnold has stepped around him. You can try all you want, but there's no way you're going to block both of them. 
The conductor, on the other hand, is quite happy to be blocked by the priest who decided to decimate his pancake stack. He's still trying to rationale with you as you've got a stick out like he's like, <laughs> he's, he's moved to one side. So as you shifted to go after the priest, after the conductor, Arnold was able to step around because he's taller and lankier. You can try to swing at him if you want, but you'll be taking your eyes off the conductor. You make that choice. All right. We're going to start with Father Cross. All right. Now, uh, you said his eyes were the only things that were not normal on him. Their teeth are really white. Like, they use some sort of dental cream to clean that stuff. Were they that white to begin with? No. You get pretty when you're dead or in hell or whatever. Doesn't matter. I look at him and I say, you aren't Mr. Lockett. I have no shame in what I'm about to do. All right. So what's your action? All right. I'm swinging on him. All right. This means we draw initiative cards. Talk has started. Um, Actually, real quick, we are supposed to wrap up at like (gasps) six. Could we start with the fight next scene (gasps) instead of like trying to kick it off this time? I don't want to be a party pooper, but it is about quitting. It's quitting time. Oh, so it's the initiative at the beginning of the next show. Man, hell's creeping up on this train. (laughs) Bixby's trying to keep Mrs. Thompson from making a mistake. Arnold's come back to life. We're going to have a hard versus hard fight. Oh, it's going to be scary as hell. I'm so ready. Oh, and can you guys stop this train from being taken by hell? I, I, this train has been doomed since it left. I don't even remember what we came from anymore. It was too long ago. Episode one, we came from episode one. <laughs> yeah. He's not laughing because it's funny. He's laughing because he's scared. <laughs> no, I'm no, laughing because it's true. <laughs> All right. Some really amazing role playing happened. A lot of the session was about role playing. I had a lot of fun. Um, I definitely believe you guys deserve the five bounty that is awardable by the mechanisms of the game, but I don't think it's enough, so I'm going to give you guys six because we're about to enter into one of the largest fights of the game. And uh, so we're going to, we're definitely going to go from there. Six bounty. I should write that down in my little notes. Um, Man, you guys, you guys had fun. Did you guys have fun? Because I had fun. I should say that. Yeah. I, I've been enjoying every minute of this. Yeah, this has been a lot of fun. Heck yeah, man. Cool. All right. So now we do our ending credit stuff where we talk a whole bunch like Dr. Walters. Who wants to go Lady first? All right, guys. Uh, I've got a lot going on. Um, catch uh, twitch.tv slash Master of Rem uh, for a lot of new streams that we're doing. So we just started yesterday our D&D episodical series, which is two hour mini sessions of D&D campaigns, starting with the starter set. Uh, And we'll have a rotating cast for each adventure. Um, So that's a nice digestible um, way to get into Dungeons & Dragons if you haven't already. Um, We also um, are doing a We've been doing a monthly Shadowrun game. It looks like that's going to be going into twice a week. We've got some Dresden files coming. We've got some um, uh, Harry Potter and Firefly and all kinds of good stuff. So uh, check out our stream. Otherwise, keep an eye on us on social media at facebook.com slash 
Rem Alternus Productions, and on Twitter at twitter.com slash Rem Alternus. So I'll drop that stuff in the chat. Woot! All right, Rusty's turn. Uh, same old, same old. You should totally be watching me game every single stinking Sunday. Uh, I'm right here on Twitch on the Shadowcasters Network. On the Sundays that we're not playing this game, I'm running a Sea of Sp- uh, which is a Song of Ice and Fire campaign, and we're up into like the mid-20s on episodes, which is kind of blowing our mind. Um, so we got that going on. Uh, I'm in a couple Shadowrun games. One of them is, uh, uh, Shadowrun Origins, where we're doing old school adventures that we're reskinning for the new edition. I'll toss up a link to that too. I'm in an Earth Dawn podcast. I'll toss up that link also. Basically, where I'm going with this is I'm a giant fucking nerd. Uh, and whatever game you want to watch, I might have a link for you. Excellent. And we love the fact that you're a giant fucking nerd because the rest of us are a bunch of giant fucking nerds too. Um, original box set right now, we're doing two things. We're doing Deadlands. Uh, here's our link. That's to our website. You can go there. We have a calendar. It's a Google calendar. Click on it, and it will add it to your Google calendar. I actually put it up there last time, and I'll be putting the next show for this one up there as well, so keep a tra- track of it. We normally don't post our Star Wars games. Those kind of happen, and we know about them generally like in a few days in advance, and so check us out for our Star Wars. We're having some fun with it. It's a, it's a at-home-at-the-table fun game. Um... Let's see, what else do we got going on? We got a Discord, so if you guys like to hang out and talk and just meet uh, other people that are similar to yourself, is this the one? And you want to be like, oh, hey, these guys are cool. Let's hang out and talk to these people about stuff. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, okay, let's do that. There's a link to that kind of thing right there. Come in, say hi, and we talk about stuff. We got a lot of people who hang out. It's a decent amount of fun. We do some jokes. And... If we do a casting call or we're looking for extra players, that's the first place we go when we dig for extra players. That's so yeah, if you wanna if you see an opportunity for a game, it might be there. Um, also, um, Max, you had mentioned that we're wrapping up on Deadlands here, right? At some point soon, they the train ride will be over. Yes, so, yes. So we have been talking in the background uh, for the show that uh, we're going to be bringing Deadlands to a close for the season. This is like an episode, a season, uh, season, season. Yeah, it kind of feels like a season. It should be about 11 episodes, so the next one might be the last one. It should be, unless something weird happens and suddenly the story has to keep going for a number 12. We'll see. Uh, weird in Deadlands? Nah. When that wraps up, we'll have an opportunity for an opening, and we can definitely be talking about what happens next um, when the next Deadlands show picks up and moves on. Do we stick with just Ollie? Do we follow Anne as she struggles with what happens with realization of being, you know, harrowed in this world? And does Father Cross ever figure out what it, the meaning of life is and why he hates pancakes? <laughs> <sighs> So, you know, definitely hang out and chat with us and see what's going on about that. Bam. Uh, The last thing I could definitely mention would be my wife's soap. My wife runs a company called Pure Alchemy. She sells soap on Etsy. Definitely check it out. She also has hand sanitizer. It's pretty cool stuff. Uh, It's D&D themed. Plug for my wife's business. Bam. Right there. Go check it out. Everybody needs soap, especially this day and age. Soap is good. Soap instead of hand sanitizer. Hand sanitizer if you can't get to soap and water. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, thanks guys for hanging out with us. It's been a fun, 
fun night. Wow. Wow, like, Rusty blew me away with that comment about... Just smacking the cards out of her hand. <laughs> Get out of here, nerd! <laughs> Look at my Yu-Kill cards! <laughs> Alright, all right. I'm gonna hit the closing credits. You guys have a wonderful evening. Good night! Bye. Bye, all. You've been listening to another fine tale in the Alternia Archives. Feel free to leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcast, or wherever you listen to our archive. So, until next time, take care of yourself, okay? Goodbye. <laughs>